everyone steve perryman again on the steve perryman podcast uh yeah lots of things happening signings tours etc i've just looked after my daughter's dog for about 12 days and uh he's just gone home about 20 minutes ago so like when you give back grandchildren you it's lovely to have them but enough just enough so by by sometimes looking after him marshy um it saves us from getting a dog so um can't all be bad and my wife is good at picking up the, the poop and stuff which i can't quite handle so that's how much of a brave man i am so hi tom welcome thank you very much for being involved again as ever how's life hi steve yeah it's hot I've uh, put, pulled myself back up from the puddle in the floor that I melted into this afternoon, but um, <laughs> it. yeah, it's uh, it's only going to get hotter as well by the sound of it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, just buckle it, buckling in for the heat wave. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, any questions for me, Tom? Because um, I've got well, some questions to answer. Gary Stevens, for instance, and a couple from Steve Borthwick, the um, head coach of Leicester Tigers successfully um and yeah. won their championship so yeah mm, I mean my, my my question for you this week is a is a bit of a bit of a sad one actually after what's happened in um, in Japan and given your um your time back there I just wondered uh, how how that's affected you the news of the assassination of the Japanese prime minister yeah well mm. so if it was America I think unfortunately we're all used to such events um, and sometimes worse in terms of numbers but I'm totally shocked by uh, what's happened there with the Prime Minister um, because it's not that type of country and so I'm not aware that people are allowed guns or have guns etc but um, my experience of uh, Prime Minister Abe was the fact that uh, the last time me and Kim visited Japan, we went with a very good friend uh, who worked for both me and Ozzy at S-Pulse there. He's left the club. He's now got his own, running his own business and he's got a business um, making supporter items for, uh, well, all sorts of clubs, but... Um, particularly baseball clubs so we went with him to attend a game in Sendai which is one of his customers and um, which was my first our first uh, experience of a baseball match and it was great and and you saw the the way that the Japanese promote these games and I suppose lots of it copied from America as is baseball, for instance. So um, anyway, we needed to get home and we get to the station from the baseball stadium. And it's obvious that there's lots of black suited men around. And a station in Japan is always busy, busy. So I said to 
our friend. Wow, something something serious going on here with all these black suits. And uh, I thought it was like maybe a big wedding or something. And he said, oh, no, there's a big political rally. Uh, probably just finished in Sendai. So anyway, we go in the station and uh, Matsuba said, I'm going to go and get you two tickets. They're ordered, but I'm going to go and pick them up. So he did. And he was gone for about um, 10 minutes. And then he come back to us and he said, I need your passports. Well, what are we buying? Train tickets or <laughs> what are we purchasing here? Anyway, so he goes back to the place, the, the window. And about 20 minutes later, he comes back to us and says, yeah, all fine. And we go and stand on the station. We're waiting for the Shinkansen to take us to Tokyo. And all of a sudden, an army of black suits comes towards us down the platform, led by the prime minister. Wow. So you take a step back out of respect. And assuming that he's going to walk through us, or even if he's on our carriage, he should go on first. Anyway, he stopped, stopped still. Please. So we sat in the same carriage with the Prime Minister of Japan, and I suppose the people with him, and there's about 20 young men, that black suits, white, white shirts, very smart, everyone. And um, I, I expect they were his bodyguards, who knows? But, um, but he was fine. And when, so we sat down in our seats with first class, green car as it's called, and he walks past and he says hello to us and everyone he, he just spent a bit of time with. So um, incredibly nice man, very respectful. And therefore, you know, as, as cruel as that situation is, it's actually more cruel when it's someone that you, of course, we don't know him, of course we don't, but um, that we came into contact with. And of course, the point about our passports was that we were being checked out. These foreigners are supposedly in the same carriage as our prime minister. We better know who they are. And um, I think they had a bit more problem with Kim being born in Wood Green than me being born in West London. So I think that was the that was the point that took a bit longer. I'm joking, of course. So um, it's not a joking situation, but um, yeah, uh, horrendous, just horrendous. And the Japanese people are still reeling. Of course they will, they'll be reeling for a long time. So anyway, that's my story about uh, Prime Minister Abe. And um, that's not politics, that's not where he's coming from as per decisions and stuff. That's just how he treated us in a very small way, but very respectfully on the day. So, so yeah, so we're going to get into the questions. Um, the first one is from Gary Stevens, who made such a good impression on the podcast. His delivery was great. His use of words and Everything about him was terrific. So Gary, um, he gave this question some time ago. Uh, I don't think he's got any older looking since he gave the question. So uh, play it for us, uh, Tom, and then I'll answer it. Steve, hello. I'm on my travels. I wonder if you can work out where I am. 
the clue is in the background. Anyway, the question for you is, during your many years at Tottenham, who was or who were the young players that you thought were really going to be big hits at Tottenham who didn't quite make it there? You know, when I joined the club, Ian Crook was a great young player. Yes, he played for Spurs, didn't cut it there, went on to Norwich, had a great career there. What's your answer, Steve? Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Gary, good question. So, um, yeah, uh, you mentioned about Graham Souness. Of course, he was a talent. Um, sort of an obvious answer, which I, therefore I'm not going to give, um, because he went on and did wonderful things in his career. So I want to talk about uh, two players. One, I agree with you, Gary. Um, Ian Crook, that was when I was a player. When I went away and then came back, uh, there was a young player called Danny Hill. And I thought Danny Hill was a magnificent player um, in the Mickey Hazard mold. Both players were midfield um, and part of a, a club that was developing its own players. Uh, I think I've said that before, but say during the Ian Crook era when he played for us, the captain of the club, myself, his homegrown, Glenn Hoddle, who many rated as the you know the best technical player in the country, um, homegrown. So the homegrown players got a stature, and they 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 sort of had an expectation about them from their point of view that they could get into the first team. There was a there was a route to the team. And then, you know, you, you're not an also-ran. You can be a somebody, be it the captain or be it the best player, the best technical player. So um, neither of the two made it um, for Spurs. They certainly had a good career, uh, the pair of them. Ian Crook particularly, uh, who went to Norwich with a lot of other good young players uh, at Tottenham at the time. Mark Bowen, even Ian Culverhouse, John Polston. So Norwich obviously cherry-picked our reserves and our young talent at the time. And, of course, the club can't be forced to sell them, so they wanted to sell them on. And um, I think that's a, a bit of another clue there to how you get good young players out of clubs, that you, um, within a change of manager from Keith to Peter and actually a new chairman type, Irving Scholar, that is the time when you get in where you can not steal a player away, no, but they maybe have big plans and they want money for other things. So um, why not cash in on some young players that maybe you think won't make it? Danny and Ian Crook, I would say, suffered from uh, a physicality of, uh, of their game, which is, which is a big thing if you were going to play in the top league. And, of course, we can name lots of players. Aussie wasn't big. Luka Modric wasn't big. And, uh, but remember Bill Nicholson saying, a good big and beats a good little. And um, so... Those two I mentioned, Aussie and Modric, Modric, who world-class players, world-class players. And I would say that they had a world-class temperament 
to deal with their size or their lack of height. Um, you know, you, you, you can be more agile if you're smaller. Um, so it didn't hold them back, but I think in the end, when I looked at Danny Hill and Ian Crook, in terms of being not top, top, top level, it was the physicality that they they missed out on, and uh, an ability, ability. You know, Modric, Modric could get around the field. Ozzy Ardiles unbelievably could get around the field. So they overcome their their size by okay, not crashing into tackles, but being able to take a tackle because players of their ability uh, draw opponents onto them. And obviously they've got strength in their legs to be able to deal with the challenges. But uh, maybe Ian Crook, who now I think works in Australia, and Danny Hill, who I message probably once every three or four months, um, I'm not sure that they could go the 90 plus minutes um, to show to show their worth, but uh, two terrific, talented players. So yeah, um, Gary, hope that answers your question. And now, uh, Tom, if you don't mind, we'll go on to Steve Borthwick, who has um, some good questions for me. Hi, Steve, I hope you're really well. I had two questions for you. The first question I wanted to pick your brains on, hear from your experiences around are those games that were in the, the biggest pressure circumstances um, whether that's cup finals um, or etc and those players that you knew were going to always step up when the big games came you knew they get better um, I've seen it before in rugby I'm interested to hear your experiences about when you when it comes to the the business end as people describe it who who are the people that really step forward? Who are the people that you knew could rely upon that just got better and better and better the the bigger the game? Steve, yeah, this one's got me thinking. Um, so I answered a question for uh, Norman Giller. He asked the question of a couple of podcasts ago. If there was a game where we had to win, it was life or death, who's the one player that I would make sure I selected in the team from the players that I played with. And if you remember, I answered Pat Jennings. I'm not backing off that uh, answer, by the way. Um, but in some ways, as the, the ultimate defender, the last line of defence, Pat Jennings comes back to the quote that I sometimes use, it's easier to destroy than create. So Pat Jennings being the last line of defence is, is destroying the, the opponent's attacks, but incredibly important. So to be a bit different about the answer, this the way Steve's put this question, I'm going to go for uh, Ozzy Ardiles. Um, the players that the more important the game, the more they step up to the performance. And... Um, this also highlights the fact that Ozzy and Ricky signed, I think it was last Sunday, just gone, um, 44 years ago. Keith Birkinshaw went over there and did the, did the job of um, encouraging them to join us. As Ozzy always tells me, and I think I've told you in the past, 
Ozzy said he wouldn't have signed if he'd known that we'd just got promoted. So the history could have been so different. But um, it's obvious that, you know, Oz, for Ozzy to play a home World Cup in his country, in his own country, and they were so successful and eventual winners, 1978, that this this man delivered and, you know, especially in the final. And when I'm thinking now about the, the FA Cup final, okay, we all remember Ricky's goal. Um, Ozzy could, could destroy and create. That was the beauty. And that's why Ozzy was more consistent than Ricky. Um, but I was watching a film the other night, um, past game of us winning the replay FA Cup replay at Old Trafford and Aussie scored about two minutes to go um, for a great victory. It was the day that Emilio Alexic got carried off and Glenn went in goal. And okay, the whole team had to step up that day, the whole team. But Aussie stepped up in a way that, and, and actually what I noticed about in, in my memory of course, what comes at you is the fact that he scored the winning goal, the only goal of the game. Um, actually, in the game, he didn't perform that well. And Ozzy actually was looking very, very tired. Um, but we'd used that one substitute. John Pratt came on when Emilio Alexic had to go off. Um, but Ozzy just kept going, kept going, kept going. He had this inner strength, this inner mentality. And um, so stepped up, stepped up at that vital moment to get that goal. And, um, and that's coming from years back, I would suggest, with Aussie's, Aussie's mentality. This is a tough little player. And I don't mean go around kicking players, but he, he had a belief in himself and he had a purpose and he had a desire. And if you put all those things together, that means that he was a step-up man. And if you, even if you think about the replay where Ricky took the headlines, rightly so, because of that special goal, Ozzy had a part to play in all our goals, all our goals. And I'm not saying Glenn didn't or that I played badly or whatever, no. But Ozzy was on the starting line of us uh, winning winning. Uh, that particular trophy. I know he left and therefore wasn't involved in 82 and he was sort of injured, but came on a sub in 84. But um, the bigger the game, the more Aussie performed. And I think that's what uh, Steve's asking the question about. So, um, yeah, it, it sort of comes into the second part of the question was, when did I know that we were going to be a team? And Actually, again, that, that YouTube film of that Manchester United game at Old Trafford, that said to me that we had the heart to be a team. We didn't quite have the ability yet, um, but to overcome a good Manchester United team, a, a very vociferous crowd, um, to do it as late as we did, in the manner that we did, it, it really was a... a, 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 a put your boots on and fight. And uh, I think also that game highlighted to Keith, I think it did, that 
if you've got all that about you, your your ability not to get beaten, but you've got to get goals from somewhere. And unfortunately, on that night, we were showed up that Ricky was the only one that was going to possibly score. Um, and that sort of sounds disrespectful to the, the forwards we had that day. It's not meant to be. But um, I think off the back of that, Keith went and bought Archibald and Crooks, and that gave us the next step up to be um, to be viable and a more challenging team, not only for trophies, but then for league position and eventually a European trophy. So, so yeah, so Ozzy sort of answers a few questions there, um, Steve. Um, and well done, by the way, to Steve Borthwick for his, his great victory with the Leicester Tigers. Um, fantastic fantastic performance by his team um but yeah so there's my answers um i'll highlight again 44 years ago last weekend ozzy and ricky signed for the club it's a master stroke really by keith birkenshaw master stroke and me as captain that used to have to communicate with keith a lot i didn't know anything about that particular sign those signings and um so when i picked the paper up in the morning having sort of wearily trudged down the stairs to pick up the paper off the, the mat and open it up and Spurs scoop the world. Wow, what a, what a moment. And as people have said to me, and the rest is history. Um, so I think when you sign such high profile players, it puts all of us on a different level. And Ozzy used to joke with me, Steve, I, I made your career. Is that right, Ozzy? Yeah. Yes, I did. Because when I came, you were driving a Ford Cortina. And by the time you finished playing at Tottenham with me, you had a Jaguar. So I, I helped make your career. So typical Ozzy, lots of belief in himself and lots of belief in what he, he enabled the rest of us to do, I suppose all of a sudden there has to be new rates of wages and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, so Ozzy and Ricky, two great signings. Ozzy, the way I'm talking, Ricky could be better on a particular day as per that goal. But overall, Ozzy was the more consistent one and the one who really, really stepped up at the, on the big moments. So um, yeah. How's that, Tom? Lovely. Great answers. Yeah. So, well done. Thank you for listening, everyone. And, um, yeah, we're soon back into um, the new season. How impressive. How impressed are you, Tom, with the uh, with this, the buys? It's just weird, isn't it? Not waiting to the last minute for a change and um, actually, yeah. actually seeing a real strategy, it feels like, at least behind behind yeah. the signings and and I think especially yeah Basuma is probably the one who excites me most in terms of how how certain yeah in terms of who played against us last season he was the best player on the pitch when Brighton beat us yeah. and, and even yeah. in the game we beat them at the, in the FA Cup he was he was brilliant then as well um very but, much so but I think the signing of Richarlison is is the is the kind of real interesting one given that it's the position we're probably strongest in and um yeah. we've still gone out to 
to look at looking at it saying, yeah, we've got all these games to play this season. Squad, um, and, squad strength. Yeah, and, and I think also it's like the first time we've ever bought a kind of backup striker in recent years anyway who's who's Premier League ready and we know he's Premier League ready and it's not like a, yeah. having a punt yeah. on someone from Holland or um, sure. or, or, or from um, yeah Vin- Vinicius for example who didn't do too badly but he, he certainly wasn't a kind of ready for the Premier League in the way that we know Richarlison's no, going to sure. be and he can sure. come off the bench and, and I think I think last season we were always looking at our bench thinking yeah there's not much on there Bergwijn against Leicester aside Um to, to kind of come on and really change a game. And I think next season, that's going to be a, 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 the main difference for us, I yeah. hope. Okay, we're going to stop there as per the new signings because the next podcast will be about Howard coming back from loan, period. And um, we'll talk about all those new signings, what it means to us. And possibly by the time that happens, there might be one or two more signings. Who knows? Um, I feel it's a little bit like me going clothes shopping. I hate it hate it won't go don't don't get me in for that but then eventually i get dragged there and i buy a shirt and then it's almost as if you buy the first one well sort of weren't so bad was it (laughs) so you buy it might as well get another while i'm here four or five and then same with trousers and maybe a couple of pairs of shoes and off you go and it's it's all like you've gone over the line the first time and then it's plain sailing from there i think that's maybe what's happened to Mr. Levy, but uh, I think, of course, um, Conte has given the chairman the confidence that he can not only bring good names to the club, but he can improve those players, Uh, which if you're a chairman of any club, you would like to think that your outlay is not going to diminish. You know, even the the older player... um, Perisic. Perisic, is it? Perisic, yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, but he didn't cost us anything. Uh, yeah, wages are not insignificant, I'm sure. But um, but if you've got a manager that's keeping the players, the screw tightened on them, those close players should improve. And uh, therefore, when the, the day of leaving comes, then, um, you know, as long as you've not lost too, too much money on these players that have helped you, get up the league table and be successful and hopefully a trophy, which of course there's no guarantees for that. But, uh, but anyway, we'll let, um, I know Howard is a avid watcher of all these rumors and he listens to them and goes into their background, etc. So be, be great to listen to him um, next time we're on. So well done, Tom. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening, everyone. Um, the troops are in Korea, South Korea, which I I went there with the Japanese team and had some good results. Uh, fantastic place. And um, we've all enjoyed watching their welcome by Son. So, um, yeah, hopefully they're getting fit. I've read about players being sick, etc. today in the training. Um, not for the wrong reason, but for the, the, the fact that putting herself out and this is how I see Conte he's going to have a fit group of players next season so um, hopefully that can lead us on to better things so yeah come on you Spurs and see you next time thanks for listening